wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul? Take me home. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss? Homeward bound to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Season 4 of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are so blessed to be on the road again. Steph, this is the fourth season. It is. That is amazing. So, Steph, our wonderful son, number six, Dominic, is a voracious runner and reader and just a really all-around great kid. And he introduced me to a number of really good books, but one I've been reading lately is called Tribe. And it's not a Christian spiritual book, but it chronicles human history and how We are yearning for this connection with other human beings. And that is the most important thing that human beings yearn for. And it describes historically what happened in times of war, for instance. Those cities that were bombed, the people in the cities that suffered the most had the least, had the lowest depression rates. Mm. It seems counterintuitive, right? That those who experience the greatest tragedies in life are brought together. It lowers their what? Their defenses, their control, their walls come down. They find something of common mission that brings them together. And I'd submit that today, we may not see it or experience it, but we're getting bombed in a lot of ways. We're not afraid to say that the enemy is out there kind of trying to pull us away from each other. As a result, this society has the highest rate of depression and suicide in recorded history. In spite of all the connectivity we have with our devices and gadgets, again, we're the most divided society ever. So is there ever a better time than now to come together as families to talk and pray? And if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, you're going to kind of see an image that defines often what it feels like as married couples and families to seek Christ. We know in our hearts we want that. All of us do in some ways. But let's face it. You look at that road. Down the road is thunder and it's lightning. And what is that? That's maybe the fears we have in really being honest and real with family members. Maybe it's even bringing them together because, let's face it, it's, it's a digital age. And these devices, can sometimes be divisive. We want to really keep it real with you in this journey. These folks are heroic by saying yes to gathering their families together for seven consecutive weeks for a time of talking and praying using our Live It Gathering Guide. And so we are so delighted that you are with us on this road trip. And with no further ado, getting to know you, getting to know all about you. We are going to introduce our awesome stars who have courageously said yes to this journey. So we're going to begin with the Knights. How are you doing tonight? Sparky. We hear Sparky in the background. (laughs) We're Chris, Kathy, and Grace. We've been married for 13 years. Awesome. We have a, a daughter who is 10, and as you heard, four furry friends with four feet. Awesome. We belong to uh, St. Peter's in Huron. Okay. Shout out to Father Jeff McBeth and the wonderful oh, yeah. family of St. Peter Huron. 
Can each of you guys share one fun family story that still makes you smile? So um, Grace was in first grade and she um, had a loose tooth and it was bedtime. I sent her up to brush her teeth. She's brushing her teeth, brushing her teeth. And I'm getting her bed ready and turning down sheets and so forth. And um, it's taking a little longer than I expected. And all of a sudden I, she's walking around, walking around. And I hear from the other room, mommy, how do you spell believe? So I spelled hmm. it for her and I thought that was kind of strange. Hmm. And then she crawled into bed. She put a little note under her pillow and the note said, dear tooth fairy, I lost my tooth in the sink. Please believe me. <laughs> well, Grace happens to be with us. Grace, did the tooth fairy deliver for you? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful story. Chris, what you got for us? We, uh, last year for Kathy's 50th birthday, we went to Italy for a few weeks, not knowing any Italian. And Grace did study a little bit, so I have a nine-year-old telling me how to read Italian. <laughs> we were hungry, and I was looking around, and I said, well, they got noodles, and, and it's the sign said Restorte. I said, well, they got noodles there. Let's go there. And she goes, Dad, that stands for a restaurant. So every <laughs> time I see restaurant, she always reminds me of last Saturday. Grace, do you have anything that you want to share? Uh, sure. <laughs> Good. Go for it. Okay. So... Like last year, we had one cat and one dog, mm -hmm. and our cat left to go outside because she was Siberian. So one day she ran away and she just got a lot, and we thought she would be back within a half hour because we have like these little woods in our backyard. Mm -hmm. But she didn't come that night. My mom slept by the door, but she still didn't come. Two mm. months later, there was this woman on Facebook who had a stray cat in her backyard. And this person was like really far away from our house. How many miles from? About five miles. About five miles wow. away from our house. And it, We're like, how could she get there? This couldn't be her. So my dad and I went there to check it out. And it was our cat, Jingles. Wow. The bad thing was when she... The bad thing was, when she was gone, we got a new cat. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops. But now we have two cats. I think you planned that, Grace. That's awesome. By the way, she prayed with the women at Spark Ignite for Kitty to return. Aww. That's awesome. That's really sweet. The Lord answered it. That's right. That is a sweet, sweet story. Awesome. We're so glad that the three of you are with us tonight and along this journey. All right. And now we will go to the pains. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Michelle Payne, we've been married for about 10 and a half years. Uh, we have. Two... I like how you got the half in there, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yes. He's a logistician. No, sorry. He's just Far proud. Of, he's grateful for every day together every with Michelle. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Two children. Two beautiful girls, uh, Miriam and Dahlia. They are uh, seven and five. Mm. Awesome. What parish are you guys at? We are at St. Rose in awesome. uh, Perrysburg, and we've been there for about four and a half years, which is how long we've been in Ohio. We are uh, East Coast transplants. Glad to have you transplanted. That's really awesome. Do you ever have anybody call you and sing, please come to Boston for the springtime? She That's said bad. no. Never mind. <laughs> um, Seth, you have a 
kind of a unique um, professional um, career life. It's a long title, but I am the developer of web and new media for the Coming Home Network International. Uh, the Coming Home Network was started by Marcus Grodi, who is the host of The Journey Home on EWTN. Mm -hmm. And we work helping non-Catholic Christians find their way into the Catholic Church and find a home in the Catholic Church. Uh, we have a, a pastoral mm. team that does a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I am in charge of, of the website. And so on our website, chnetwork.org, we share hundreds of conversion stories, written and video. Uh, and we have an online community where you can connect with other people on the journey. If you are not Catholic and you are feeling drawn into the Catholic Church, we have an online community to connect with those others on the journey and those who have made the journey into the Catholic Church. Thanks so much for that. So CHN Network or CH Network? CHNetwork.org. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. So both of you guys, share each of you, share a fun family story that still makes you smile today. Well, I'm, I'm going to share a story that, that's a very recent story that really makes me smile. Um, I have, for the past six months or so, I've tried to do morning prayer every morning, and I've had success and failure on and off. About a month ago, uh, we, but we've started doing it in my men's group every Thursday morning. We meet and we do morning prayer, and we've started chanting. That's really gotten me on fire for doing morning prayer. So I've been doing it every morning that I can try. I've at least five mornings a week I've been doing Our, our older daughter, Miriam, she, she said to me, she's like, Daddy, I want to do morning prayer with you. I'm like, okay, you know, thinking... You know, I, I get up at, you know, 6.15 to do morning prayer. And I, I have this image in my mind of going in there and saying, Miriam, it's time to get up to morning prayer. And her going, no, 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 I don't want to <laughs> fall back asleep uh, until her alarm goes off. I walked into her room at 6.15. I said, I kind of touched her shoulder. I said, Miriam, it's time for morning prayer, thinking that she'd be all groggy. <laughs> her face popped up. Aww. She was already awake and she was ready. And she, she climbed down the ladder from the, the top bunk. She came in and she did morning prayer with me. And she followed as best she could. You know, I tried to explain what I was doing, but she followed along with the chant. And she's done it, uh, I think, three times, two or three more times since then. And she's really getting into the chant and she's she loves it. And just seeing her beaming face wow. to join me and stand next to me dark, dark early in the morning, but staying next to me and doing morning wow. prayer has really been really helped me see that God is really working in her. That is so, so incredibly awesome what a delightful image for her to have in her mind of her father and mm -hmm. you of course for your daughter so that is really beautiful thanks for sharing that but i've made it to zero of them so far <laughs> <laughs> that's okay <laughs> so michelle a fun family story that still makes you smile there was one Sunday when and this is a, I'll tell about the younger daughter then mm -hmm. and then we're all then we're all <laughs> then you're covered there we're you all go. equal um and we were at mass and she's well at the time she was four so she can't read um, but she does love to sing and she does love music so we're um singing a hymn and 
she's just belting it out and I sort of lean down a little bit because I'm like well, I don't know what she's singing she's not looking at anything she can't read she's singing I'm a rainbow I'm a rainbow I'm a rainbow I'm a rainbow so I leaned oh. over and I said I said well so we're at church so do you think you can sing something about Jesus and she's so she starts saying I'm a rainbow for Jesus <laughs> I'm a rainbow for Jesus that's awesome that's beautiful I that was so sweet that's awesome. She's reclaiming the rainbow. The right. Pro- proclamation of <laughs> yes. covenant from the lips of babes. Let's go to the other side of town, all the way to the Seymours. Who are you people? Tell us about yourselves. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Well, good evening. We are Brett and Nicole Seymour, and we've been married almost 19 years. Uh, today, we currently have seven children, and we are soon to welcome our eighth child in June. Beautiful. Awesome. Love it, love it. Wonderful. Um, I work as a financial advisor, and Nikki's a homemaker and a homeschool mom. Awesome. Where do you go to church? Uh, we belong at St. Joseph's Parish in Sylvania. Seymour's share with us a fun family story. I'll go first. Uh you know, we have a lot of great stories. When you have seven children in the house <laughs> and eight on the way, I think every day I could tell you cool, wonderful stories that make me smile, laugh. Some days they make you cry. Um, <laughs> you know, all the, the points of pride with your kids with school and sports and mm. life, life with Christ. And, you know, I think, but as I look back over the last 24 months or so, uh, being blessed to have little baby Francis was born oh. months ago. Shout out and, to Frank. Uh, yeah, so cute. So happy. Getting ready to welcome this new little girl. Um, those moments when we were able to tell our children mm. that we were going to welcome uh, these new babies into our home. The children that are mostly older, the youngest one, um, besides Frank, being eight years older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the light in their eyes and the way their hearts were so open to these new babies. Just a really wonderful story. Mm, That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. I have to ask you the question. We'll do a lot of audibles along this road trip. Keep it real. Keep it edgy. Some who are listening right now may think, gosh, eight kids. And how have you guys navigated the questions spoken and unspoken about the big family factor? Besides, of course, the joyous authentic proclamation that you give and we get that but i don't know for anybody who's listening like are you crazy and how do you i don't know how has that been for you yeah i think we hear that a lot i mean i think as as you become a larger family you get that question you know you know how that happens you know where these kids come from (laughs) you know down to the logistical things how do you manage uh, Mm. life how do you manage you know we, we we are very active with our children they they all play competitive sports. They're all involved in scouting or instrument playing. They're involved mm-hmm. in the parish choir. And, you know, so all those things take time and, and shuffling them around. But it's truly been a blessing for us. And you just put one foot in front of the other and take it as it comes. That's beautiful. We only have two-thirds of that number. We have six. But it's a, it's a constant, robust atmosphere of encounter. And each one of us 
If you do the math, I don't know what that algorithm is, but all the unique one-on-one relationships that create such a vitality. I think it's also kind of, I have to throw this out there, as a financial planner too, Brett, you know, we always like to say 401k plan, the K is for kids. <laughs> so <laughs> our yeah. kids our kids just kind of know, you know, and they do. They're already taking care of us in a lot of significant ways. And as they get older, as you know, what wisdom they bring in their questions and their own pursuits and reading that just enhances the atmosphere. So I don't know, I, I am so delighted uh, by your witness and testimony. I just yeah, have thanks. to throw in there, I think any number of children, at some point in time, you'd get different comments. And for us, it was the six and seven years. And I remember going through a grocery line. And however that came up, this young man looked at me and he said, what were you, what were you thinking? Mm. And, um, and praise the Lord that everything that was in the chamber right away <laughs> did not come out of my mouth. And what did come out was, I'm thinking we're pretty blessed. You know, and it was enough for him to step back. And so certainly just the witness, but um, sometimes the spirit just gives you the words to say. Nikki, what is a fun family story that still makes you smile? Okay, this is funny because I didn't think of this ahead of time. It just came to me as I was listening to the pains tell their cute stories. Mm. um, One of my my sons, when he was around three or four years old, he never wanted to wear his underpants. (laughs) So. <laughs> like father, like son. Stop. <laughs> he was body trained and he always just wore his pants with no underwear. And I let it go. And then on church days, he'd have his dress pants on. And I'm like, you really need to wear your underpants. So he knew that on church days, he would put on his underpants. So one random day in the middle of the week, um, he was wearing some pants that were maybe a little too big. And I was like, ooh, you really need to put some underwear on with those. And he said, why are we going to church today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I love how you did not say the name of which son that was. Very smart, (laughs) mom. (laughs) Well, whichever one ought to be proud of that. That's awesome. We're on a mission. That was awesome. So, folks, we're so blessed that you are along the road trip with us. Seven weeks of more fully encountering God alive in our marriages and families. And just we want to punctuate that the the poverty that all of us have. And each of us, if we're honest, have emotional, relational poverties. The provision of the poverty of God's provision is in these relationships that he's given us. And, you know, consider the question, you know, right now, are there siblings that we don't even speak with anymore? Because maybe early on, we didn't learn how to apologize. We didn't learn how to be empathetic and enter into the lives of another. We didn't learn how to sit down and talk in spite of differences. So the gifts being given you, and we do invite you all to truly say yes to this, to break through the awkwardness, the discomfort, all that may be there to say yes to making this time to talk and pray as a family. Again, go to ilovemyfamily.us. Everything is there. And uh, there's a great way to sign up, in fact, there and uh, have access to a band group. It's over 30 people right now uh, who have committed to doing it. You get little reminders you know, every Monday to kind of set the date and time because if you don't, likely it won't happen. And then on Friday, we'll have a shout out where you can say, yes, I did this 
this and you know be blessed by all the other couples so this is really the road trip family road trip is our reality series um, as we are now at the outset of this really haven't dove in in earnest so this is the first episode we're kind of sharing you know as we look ahead to the next seven weeks what might be some fears or obstacles you will face as a family um, in doing this gathering every week and next part of that is what do you look forward to if you persevere what do you hope how do you hope that you'll be blessed take time to make time make time to be there let's begin with the nights look around be a part feel for the winter but don't have a cold heart an obstacle <clears throat> that i think i'm gonna face this is a really stressful time of year for me. Mm. Uh, I work in a school. I'm a school psychologist. Uh, a lot of referrals, a lot of needs coming out about now. And I get really stressed. Mm. And I have a lot um, on my plate. And I, I'm pretty good at taking the time to pray in the beginning of my day. I need that. I so mm-hmm. need God in my uh, being before I step out of the house for work, the obstacle is when I come home mm. and I bring it with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really going to have to work on um, maybe taking a few minutes in the car or something to let go of that. So I'm not bringing right. it into my family. Wow. This Thank you for that. That's a that's a real deal thing for sure. What's something, Kathy, that you hope to get out of these seven weeks of gathering as a family? I hope to draw closer to my family. I really do. I I don't mean to be trite with that, but, um, you know, in this age of social media and my daughter just got her little iPod and we're kind of, um, we go our separate ways to kind of decompress after work and school. I'd like to come back together after dinner and really connect more. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that's where I find my strength. So Awesome. Chris, what about you? I think my be my biggest obstacle for sure is my work schedule, since I work many weekends and I also work nights. So mm-hmm. there's blessings in it, and there's also the, the demon of it. You know, mm-hmm. have to click during the day, uh, guilt, you know, missing things if there's things going on. But there's mm-hmm. also advantages to it. You know, being able to make Friday mass. So the biggest obstacle is you know having family time. Then with Kathy on days and me on nights, we've got that. 4 to 9.30 in the evening window, and that's our time together. What do you hope to get out of these seven weeks come Easter time? I hope to be more connected with my family and God, Mm. working Mm. with them and doing the live activity. Awesome. Awesome. Grace, anything that you would like to add in that? Yes. (laughs) One thing that's probably going to be an obstacle for me is when we do live it, since I'm just a kid, I don't really have any struggles, except for sitting still and being patient. You are awesome, Grace. So when we're reading, um, and my mom's reading, I might space off and not really pay any attention. So my mom has me read most of the Gospels and reading Grace gets to read them. That's, that is such wisdom right there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what do you hope to get out of it, Grace? One thing that I hope to get out of it is to become closer with my family and my dad. 
I barely know anything about my dad except he works nights, he loves to fish, he has several lures and fishing rods, yeah, and needs to come closer to God with us. So. Grace, that is a wonderful image, though, for this season where we consider Jesus, who went and invited fishermen to be his closest friends and make them fishers of men. And since your dad is a fisherman in that way, and we know you're all striving to be and give such great witnesses, kind of cool we got the fishing image in there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So for very that. cool. That was awesome. We can make it happen. Seth and Michelle. We can make it happen. Yeah. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. So obstacle. We're very we're very kind of relaxed schedule wise over here. And then that's kind of a struggle, I think, gonna um to make sure it gets done every awesome. time. But yeah. uh you want obstacles. What do you hope to get out of it, Michelle? Because I know you'll persevere and I know you'll be blessed in doing this. What do you hope to get out of it? I hope that it will help the kids just kind of perk up a little bit at church when they hear something that they Mm. heard before that we already talked about. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, the more you hear something, especially scripture, the the more it gets inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that can happen from a very young age. So... Also, just giving that space to talk about things that we can do better for them to hear too. Like, okay, this is something that I'm having a hard time with or that he's mm-hmm. having a hard time with. It's good to set aside space for that. I don't think we ever did something quite like that in my family, although we read the Bible together and we you know, prayed together. That's beautiful, Michelle. Um, To our listeners, that is a a main part of the Livid Gathering is um, if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, you will see that it's the subsequent um, readings for the upcoming um, Sunday Mass. And I would say with um, great enthusiasm and certainty (laughs) for the years that we have been blessed to do this and seen others do it also, from the youngest little one to, you know, older teens, young adults still in the house, the power that is in that, certainly scripture is always powerful because it is the living word of God and he is present in it. And therefore, even if we don't see it, there's some grace poured through us and on us and upon us. And so I think just, you know, more and more and more, just as we learn a language, right? The more it's repeated and practiced, the the more fluent one becomes. And what more um, beauty of fluidity than than in our relationship with God? And that's the other word that I want to stress, which you know had to do with what you were speaking of too, Michelle. Is just in that relational aspect, like the beauty and importance with our children and our spouses to focus on. The relational aspect it's not just about religion but it's mm. about relationship just quick note obviously uh and it's all coming out new this first episode all these elements which are so rich and so good so so grateful that we get to all journey together but yes um pope benedict if you could summarize and you can't but if you had the audacity to try to summarize this jesus of <laughs> nazareth trilogy really it's the heart of ritual and religion 
is relationship. And I would validate in my aged state of 52 years and many, many decades of ministry with many people, a Uh, a notable hinge that defines the families whose kids own it and live it out isn't necessarily, yes, they need to know the catechism and live it and pray the rosary and adoration and office and all that is essential. But I would say the, the distinctive attribute of those who really own it is that that door to relationship at the heart of those rituals and religion is what really gives them that full human encounter and experience that I'll say we Catholics just don't do well. We're just not really equipped to um, to make our homes those kind of atmospheres. So awesome to be and to be journeying in that respect. Seth, what is an area of challenge you think that you will face and uh, maybe an anticipation of a grace poured out come Easter? You know, Michelle and I are really good at getting in depth when we start talking about our faith and mm-hmm. what God is doing and, you know, so many different aspects of our faith really going in deep and it was hard for me at first, and I think this will still be a challenge that I need to be working on, to let the kids absorb it and respond at their level mm. and not expect too much from them. Right on. That, you know, you know, really wanting them to get excited and get into it, but accept their answers, accept what they have to give back and give thanks for that and mm. not say, well, you, you didn't really see the the implication of that in the gospel. I want the metaphysical answer. (laughs) I know. Why didn't you get all the depths and layers of that? And then I just have to respond to myself in my head. They're five and seven. And you're not going to get everything that you've gotten. You know, you've been reading this passage. Mm -hmm. You've been reading scripture for decades. And uh, and just be thankful for when they are, you know, when they're responding and they're taking part. And, you know, and there have been a couple of times where Michelle's looked over at me and is like, she'll actually say, you know, we've already been going on for 40 minutes and you keep asking all these questions. I think it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> like a good As any wife. wonderful wife would. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing that, Seth, yeah. because I do think Christ himself is the norm. He was in the form of God, deemed equality with God, not something to be grasped at, entered our world. And we parents have that great opportunity to enter into their own lives and pray. This is such a key thing that um, we've learned, Steph and I are going deeper in this easy statement, but it is a powerful statement. Do we have the heart of the father for our spouse and for our children? Do we have the desire to have his heart for their unique world vision, level of development, worldview, that they know they're loved through that language? And you just kind of really nailed that there. So I'm really blessed that you uh, you made that point. Good for all of us. Seth, what are you looking forward to mm. come Easter? As an individual and as a family, being open to what the Holy Spirit is going to do mm. through us. Uh, you know, it is something that's just been coming back to me over and over and over again in the last few months mm-hmm. that, you know, it is how important it is to be open to the Holy Spirit, to be ready to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to tell me and to tell as an individual and us as a family and to be able to hear what he's saying and then step out in faith Beautiful. and be prepared for whatever he is going to do that will, I know, will be far beyond my imagination or anything that I could hope for or expect. Beautiful. For our listeners, um, Pains, there's something unique about both of you that many do not know, and that is that you are converts to Catholicism. 
which brings a whole wealth and richness prior to Catholicism and the beauty and encounter of the richness of Catholicism. But as you shared with us, Seth, a number of weeks ago, that you don't want to lose some of those areas of focus and richness that may be in our instantiation as Catholics. Um, I don't know if you could say, say a little word, if you don't mind, about your experience coming into the Catholic Church in this moment as you speak of wanting to be all the more open to the Holy Spirit. I had an experience back in uh, in 2000 where I had been gone going through a, a dry spell in my faith. A few years where I had really kind of wandered away from any sort of Christian faith. Around 2000, I, I, I felt like I was being drawn back to, to Christ and I started going back to church again. I was going to uh, a non-denominational church at the time in uh, the Boston area. And, and I entered into a period of my life where I really felt like God was speaking to me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. I felt like the Holy Spirit was working through mm. me. I felt like I was doing volunteer missions work and uh, I was involved in, in small group ministry in my church and I felt like there's so many experiences that I had where I, I heard the Holy Spirit and I would step out and I would just be richly blessed by Beautiful. that. And in, in that was this call, this very slow and gradual call, but I started feeling drawn towards the Catholic Church. And, uh, and so I came in and I was confirmed in 2008 and I feel like, and, and Looking back, I, say, I think that it was a good thing mm-hmm. that I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of backed away to give me time to become at home in the Catholic Church, to understand liturgy, to understand the, the ritual. There's so many things that I had to learn in the Catholic Church, and it actually just came to me tonight uh, that I think God gave me that time so that I would not be just an evangelical or be an evangelical just living in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. that I came to really uh, embrace so much of the tradition and the liturgy and the prayer and so many things in the Catholic Church. But I feel in the last few months that God has said to me, okay, now you are you are really at home mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church. Catholic The Catholic Church is really part of your identity down to the core now. And now it is time for you to start listening to the Holy Spirit again and to continue to bring all the gifts that you had. Bring all those gifts back and and really combine the two so that you can be an even fuller yes. uh, person. So blessed by that. And I have to say, as a cradle Catholic, 
uh, who is aspiring, desiring all that God wants to pour forth into us. To be Catholic is not an adjectival thing. It's not traditional Catholic or conservative Catholic or cares. It means to be open to all God desires for us. And I just have to say to you, bring it. <laughs> we All that is true and good is everything that you're speaking of. And we Catholics, I think, um, God wants us to hunger all the more for the appointing and anointing of his spirit, to live in that life of the spirit and the fullness of our Catholic faith. So I'm delighted that you shared with us that little journey and uh, just your attunement to one that, because we want to be with you. More, Please. Just one more thing to say. There is a, a quote, and I'm not going to remember the exact quote right now, but just to paraphrase, a quote from uh, Pope St. John Paul II, where he said that everything good in the lives of our separated brethren, everything that happens in their lives and in their churches is for our benefit as Catholics. Mm-hmm. We beautiful. need to see that God is moving in the lives of our separated brethren. We need to do what we can to call them home mm-hmm. because we want them all to be a part of mm-hmm. the church that Christ founded and we want the unity that Christ called for. And they Amen. bring and they bring right. charisms and blessings that will enrich Absolutely. our Catholicity all the more. JP2, right. we love you. Woo! That was awesome! Give a little And speaking of people we love, the Seymours. Now's the time that we need to share. So find yourself. We're on our way back home. So I think for an obstacle right now for us, you know, we've we've been doing this for a few weeks, meeting with the, with our family and praying together and um, we did it off and on, you know, over the past couple of years when, when we first met you wonderful Schleters. Oh. Um, and now we're trying to be more serious about making sure we do it every week. And it's still an obstacle for us that we're all still really awkward. You know, the kids mm. are sometimes defiant about it or annoyed mm-hmm. with it. They don't want to do it right now. And then and then when we get together, you know, nobody's serious. They're giving goofy answers or annoyed answers or passing because they don't want to turn to talk or... So honest. Mm-hmm. So we try not to lose our patience and take it all in stride and goof around with it. And it's okay. And it's right. coming around, I right. think. But I just hope to see everybody, you know, take it a little more serious. And I think as Brett and I are more comfortable as we go sharing our our own feelings and our own prayer. And mm-hmm. I believe they'll, they'll start to come around and get a little more comfortable with it too. But mm-hmm. Still working out all those. That's things. awesome, and you've just gave a, a phenomenal portrait that most people uh, into it they would face, and the fact that you're persevering into it. I'm eager. I'm eager to hear how this is going to play out in the next days and weeks, um, and I know God is going to bless it, and that it's going to forge in them a kind of character and anticipation that just that alone that we had sacred time together. So, Nikki, I might intuit. Um, what you hope to get out of this, but what do you anticipate, what graces do you anticipate receiving come Easter? Well, you know, I really hope for the opposite end of that and that, you know, we are more comfortable praying together and being open with each other and, you know, sharing and apologizing and being a little more serious and it's not always just goofing around or... So I hope that that comes. I think it will and, you know, I trust that it will. Yes. Yes. As parents, we know this in other realms, because there is an awkwardness or a goofiness or um, a strong temptation for us to lose our patience, (laughs) 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 Um, that it's 
so easy to throw in the towel or to walk mm-hmm. away yes. or to think, well, this isn't worth it or, um, you know, it must not, they must not be ready when so often we know, again, as parents in so many realms, what they're really saying that they need is the exact opposite. Mm. And so it's so important and, you know, to hang in there like you guys are doing and, um, you know, just to be encouraged that we may not see it, you know, and hopefully, pray God, that we will see it within a few weeks. But those, the seeds that are being planted and the grace that is being poured out, you know, is is beyond what we may know in the moment. But rest assured, it's there. We can make it happen. Yeah. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Brett, what about you, my friend? Yeah. I think along the same lines um, with what Nikki said, you know, I, as the leader of the house, as the spiritual leader, the man of the house. Love to uh, hear that. Yes, bring it. That I, I accept, but it's also difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to live out. Um, your kids are always watching you. Right. Uh, they, may not, they may not ever say how they evaluated you today, but in the future, they'll evaluate how I did as the spiritual leader of the house mm. by how they live out their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly Nikki helps me to hold me accountable that we're living it out the way that we're supposed to. Um, and that that leadership to raise the kids up and be more comfortable in those moments when we're doing the Live It Family Gathering Guide and spending time talking about our faith and the difficult parts of our faith. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by. Of all of it, because it is difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And we all fall down, and we hope that somebody's there to help us to get up. And mm-hmm. you know, so I think I'll struggle with that, and I continue to struggle with it every day that we're here to help our kids and our wives. Love uh, it. Get and uh, so that's a struggle I see. Awesome. So such an honesty. I might again, in this way that you presented this, intuit what you anticipate receiving come Easter, but do you want to add to anything? Yeah, you know, last, uh, so last week, we we generally do our gathering uh, on Sunday evenings. And so yesterday, uh, we were talking about with the kids, you know, what is it that you want to sacrifice or that you want to give up during Lent? Because we need to have something that we give up. You know, we generally will fast a couple times mm-hmm. a week. Um, and this week with uh, Ash Wednesday, wow. we've got days to fast right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked to them about really in your heart, what is something that you want to sacrifice? And, you know, last year, one of our one of our boys gave up hot showers for Lent. Mm-hmm. Wow. And God bless them. <laughs> you know how difficult that really is. Yes. Turn the water on cold first thing in the morning. It's not a comfortable thing to do. So it's not always the nope. food that you put, but the grace that comes from true sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I hope that during this Lenten season, we can all learn um, and, and receive the graces from real sacrifice. That was awesome. Folks, we are so blessed that you are with us right now listening to the, listening to us who are taking steps uh, 
down the road of more fully encountering God alive together. We've got the Knights, the Paines, and the Seymours with us, three wonderful families, uh, all with different perspectives and challenges, but all seeking the heart of God as we are. And uh, we invite you to say yes to that. God is truly like a Niagara Falls of grace. He's wanting truly to pour it out. And uh, it's worth asking, you know, what are those obstacles that stand in the way? If we feel awkwardness, as you've heard some some of the, them express tonight in getting your family together and talk and pray, ask the question, does God desire us to have awkwardness in sharing meaningful things? Or should it be fluid and natural and organic? Just that promise that he will give us if we keep doing this. And uh, I might say, encounter the Holy community that flows from Holy Communion. That's really what this is all about. We yearn for intimacy. We yearn to be known and to know. We yearn to understand one another and to really care for one another and to have them care for us. There's nothing, no greater need than uh, than that. And we are fashioned for it. And Christ inhabits us. He's with us when we do that. So take this step. Commit to 45 minutes a week as a family. You can find out more at ilovemyfamily.us. So blessed to be on this journey, this Lenten season with you in the Family Road Trip Podcast Season 4. Until next time, God bless you. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing joyful be. Through all eternity I'll sing on, I'll sing on Through all eternity I'll sing on The following is another true story shared at a recent Ignite event, pronouncing that the love of God is truly alive and present today. Ignites are uplifting evenings of witness, word, and worship in the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission, alive in Jesus Christ. First of all, welcome our Ignite service tonight. I was very honored uh, when Father Jeremy asked me to share just a couple brief words with you. Um, It's been several years I've been part of the prison ministry on behalf and a representative of St. Peter's at uh, the prison. And it's anybody told me five years ago that I would be going out there helping facilitate retreats, helping them with their Ignite experiences, helping Lynn and doing a variety of RCIAs, being a part of their services, I would have said, no way. There is no way I would do that. But I felt a calling when we were asked to participate in this program, and it's now become a part of my life. It's one of the callings that I feel as a commitment to God appreciate the support of my husband and my family to continue in the ministry and all of the, the folks that uh, go out there very religiously. We all have a spiritual journey. And this is something that I have found has really filled my heart to help to be a part of these men's lives. 
Many of us are inspired by very different things. We have 80-some ministries here at St. Peter's Parish. So we all have a calling. So we would like to stress and hope that this event helps open a spark for each and every one of you to find your calling and embrace yourself in God's love for us. I have been truly humbled in working with these men in prison. There is no way that I can compare my faith to the faith I see in them every week or in their mass when Father goes out. You see the conversion of their lives. As Olivia shared her story with us, in just opening her heart to God, we hear many stories of absolute torment, anguish, and death being barricaded by many addictions and a resistance to open their hearts to God. So whether it's through that conversion, whether it's being mentors to new inmates that come in, whether it's supporting them in their faith journey, we had several join the church this past Easter. But being there and to support them, nurture them, help them. So we thank the Holy Spirit. It's a pleasure watching them grow in their faith as we are watching each other grow in our faith here as we continue our evening. I'll share with you a testimony that Father asked at our Ignite Light experience. We've had the pleasure of being able to do several of them out there for them. Oh, what an experience. Have you ever attended that event that exceeded your expectations? Well, our retreat, I attended our Ignite-like Eucharistic Adoration service. It exceeded my expectations. No, I want to rephrase that statement. The Ignite-like Adoration service was a mind-blowing and a life-altering experience. Although I had been given some insight from some other people who had attended it, I didn't really know what to expect. Nothing I learned could have prepared me for what I experienced. What an experience it turned out to be. Whenever I reflect on my experience, I think about our leaders for the evening, the outstanding job they did planning, organizing, creating the atmosphere, that allowed the Holy Spirit to work within us, through us and around us to be present and to make that an ever-powerful evening of worship. I knew from my previous discussion with our brothers and sisters in Christ who had attended an Ignite event that our candles would be lit, and of course, we had to use battery-operated candles for security reasons, but we achieved the intended effect. As I watched the procession with the monstrance which holds the Holy Eucharist moving down the aisle, my spirit was lifted tremendously. Once the Blessed Sacrament was placed for all to see, my spirit was lifted even more. Actually, I felt an inner calmness that let me know the Holy Spirit was present. And in addition, we spent time in silence, reflecting, and worshiping. During the period of silence and as the Spirit prompted us, we were allowed to approach the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, the body, the blood, 
the soul and the divinity of Jesus Christ. As we entered into this silence, my sister stood by my side at the back of the room, marveling in the splendor of this whole experience. She took my hand and whispered, shall we go? I knew just what she meant, and the two of us fell in lock and step as we walked forward and approached the Blessed Sacrament. We were like two children dancing merrily toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We knelt on our kneelers and worshipped our Lord. As we returned our positions at the back of the room, one by one, others arose and followed suit to worship our Lord. I was so caught up in the spirit of the moment that I returned to the monstrance to touch it again. I must say it was the coolest moment of my evening. The songs interspersed throughout the service were projected on the wall for all of us to see. The singing only enhanced our spiritual experience and made that event all the more special. Since I became Catholic nearly six years ago, I have attended every retreat, every reunion, and every Ignite Light service that we have had. I can attest to the fact that each one was better than the previous one. Our adoration service continues this tradition, and it was truly an extraordinary experience. Our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of the Holy Eucharist is the great gift to all of us. Ignite magnified and glorified our Lord's presence in the form of the Holy Eucharist. If you have never attended an Ignite, do it. It is an awesome and a powerful experience, one you will never forget. And oh, what an experience it is. George will never leave the confines of the prison. He is a convicted murderer and he will die. But he finds love, mercy, and forgiveness in our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we leave here, please let the power of the Holy Spirit find his way into your heart and to continue your love for our Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving. This is a historic moment. We're about more than a moment, but a movement. We're engaging pastors and parishioners in the great adventure of becoming dynamic communities of intentional disciples. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission. Alive in Jesus Christ. For you, our God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day. The following is another true story shared at a recent Ignite event, pronouncing that the love of God is truly alive and present today. Ignites are uplifting evenings of witness, word, and worship in the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission, alive in Jesus Christ. The Monday after Easter, 2004, I lost 27 minutes of my life. Six months later, a doctor looked at me and said, I'm going to talk to you like I talked to my grandson. 
I knew I was dead meat at that moment. She said, there is no medical knowledge, research, statistical variances to justify your being alive today. So the only possible explanation is that God has you wanting to do something. So find it. A woman called and asked me to put a team together of men to lead a Christ Who News' Parish weekend in Las Vegas, <laughs> Sin City. Without a thought, I said yes. She said thank you and hung up the phone. I found out a year later she was, did that because she was afraid I would think and say no. We finished the weekend and one of the gentlemen came up to us and said, so where are you going to be talking next? We said, no place, we're going back home, we're going back to Toledo. And we spent a lot of time talking to the men about them stepping forward and sharing God in their life with the men of their parish. He turned to us and looked and said, I need to ask you, what is God calling you to do? We stood there speechless. On our evening of Pentecost, filled with much excitement, much discussion, one member kept saying, we need to do something tangible. We have something really good here. We just can't stop. One of our team members heard a broadcast on EWTN. He sent an email to Peter Herbeck, and lo and behold, we ended up being in the living room of Peter Herbeck's home, sharing stories. And it was at that point that I learned that Peter Herbeck's home church is Christ the King. Three weeks later, I was at a Manresa retreat for four days, and I went to my room for the very first time, and the plaque on the door was dedicated to Christ the King. Did I tell you the name of the parish in Las Vegas? Christ the King. Christ the King. <laughs> and we all know when something comes in threes, it's blessed. Our spiritual advisor, Monsignor Singler, celebrates Mass with us on a monthly basis, and there have been several times when he's been found shaking his head as he's read the gospel. And he starts his homily because the gospel is filled time and time again with affirmation after affirmation that lift Jesus higher in the USA is specifically important to the Diocese of Toledo. Each one of us lifts Jesus higher in their own way. The times that I've shared with you have been times that have been prepared by the Holy Spirit for the ten men and I to lift Jesus higher. In a few minutes, Father Jason will be leading us in procession to one of the greatest acts of devotion, the Eucharistic Adoration. I would strongly encourage you this evening to let this time this evening be that time when you lift Jesus higher. The Holy Spirit is moving. This is a historic moment. We're about more than a moment, but a movement. We're engaging pastors and parishioners in the great adventure of becoming dynamic communities of intentional disciples. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission. Alive in Jesus Christ. And my hope is in you. Oh.